only place for local talk every morning with Kurt and Anthony. News Talk WVMT. Welcome back to the Morning Drive, everybody. Kurt and Kelly here. Kelly's spelling in for the vacationing Anthony Neary this morning, and we've got Andrew on the board. And now joining us live in studio is Joe Kane. Uh, good morning, Joe. Good morning. Nice to be here. Nice to have you here. First time on the Morning Drive, and Joe is running for city council. He's running to join the Burlington City Council in Ward 3. Uh, and so let's start out as a first-time candidate and a first-time uh, guest on the morning drive, if you would, Joe, tell us, let's do a little bit of biographical information. T- Joe, tell us about yourself, who you are, um, where you grew up, how long you've lived in Burlington, that type of thing. Sure. Thanks, Kurt. I grew up in Brooklyn, New York and Arlington, Virginia. I went to undergrad in uh, Virginia at William and Mary. I studied economics and environmental policy I worked in the environmental policy world a little bit at a nonprofit. I also worked in uh, financial services and auditing for some years. I went to graduate school uh, for economics. Um, I'm currently an economics professor. I worked for some time at the uh, Federal Housing Finance Agency. I think I bring um, a background just in in finance and in um, familiarity with, with numbers and, and the way the economy works as a professor, as a statistics professor, um, you know, to be helpful on council, particularly with the upcoming budget shortfall. Yeah, that's a good good point. So do you teach up at the university or? Uh, not University of Vermont, no. I adjunct at a number of schools, including Castleton, a couple hours down the road. Uh, gotcha, gotcha. And so uh, how long have you been living in Burlington and, and what part of the ward do you live in? So I live um, in the old North End on the on the west side towards towards the lake, um, right on North Ave near the police station. Um, I have been there full time for about a year. I have bounced around a little bit um, since the pandemic, uh, but have been one of the beneficiaries of the remote work opportunities. So for the most part, been here since since day one of the pandemic. I was actually here visiting family when the pandemic hit, and I ended up staying much longer than expected. And fortunately, I've been able to move here full time. And did so? Uh, sorry. So, did you say you are currently an economics professor practicing now somewhere, or no? Yeah, yeah. I teach at a number of schools uh, in a part-time role. And those schools are you said it was one Castleton, or was that previously? Uh, Castleton is the school where I'm teaching currently. Uh, I teach also some online courses. Uh, for instance, uh, school in in New Jersey in, in Atlantic City, uh, Stockton University. So what do you think about uh, you running in a, a ward that's been significantly uh, reconfigured with the, um, you know, with the redistricting? And it's sort of it's got the biggest part of downtown in the ward, but also the old North End. How do you balance the needs of those two constituencies? It's a good question. Yeah, it does feel different when you knock doors uh, in the southern part of the ward because those folks are closer to City Hall Park. They're closer to Church Street. They're closer to kind of the epicenter of the, the homelessness and substance use issues uh, in the old North End. Um, it is a bit of a different vibe, you know, certainly um, more more progressive uh, in, in, in the north part of my ward. Um, you know, I think everybody is concerned about pretty much the same issues, though. You know, I, I hear uh, housing costs quite a bit when I'm knocking doors. Um, I'm hearing rents going up year over year, six, seven, eight even $900. I heard one guy, his, his rent was under $1,000. Uh, the property was purchased by one of the wealthy families. 
um, one of the one of the families that that uh, does this for a living and and increased the rent by nine hundred dollars. He's in his eighties. He's on a fixed income and he has nowhere to go. So, Joe, uh, we'll get into some more issues that are big issues in Burlington. But I want to also ask you before we get into those in depth. Um, what made you, as a relatively new resident to Burlington, just in the last year or so, you said where you bounced around a little bit, what made you decide uh, to run for city council now? And what made you decide as, as a person who really hasn't lived in the ward that long at this point? Yeah, that's that's a great question. I, I was a bit hesitant. I'm, I'm certainly aware that somebody who's been who's been living here for, for longer, um, yeah, has has just more uh, institutional knowledge and, and, and background and historical awareness of 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 the city and, and the state and the policies. But I am an economics professor. I am a policy nerd. I was sitting up on, you know, weekend or weekday nights um, and weekend nights watching town meeting TV, catching up on old programs. Um, you know, people uh, in conversations would tell me, um, you know, would, would, would question how long I've been here because they'd say, hey, didn't you just move here? Because I'd be t- I'd be explaining something to them about you know some, something that happened a decade two decades ago because um i am just the kind of person that is going to inform myself um going going back and back and back and what what brought you to burlington so i have family uh here one of my sisters went to middlebury and then ended up just staying up i have an uncle here as well um he was living in manchester for a while and, and now is living in the burlington area so burlington was a home away from home for me for a long time and then um you know there there ended up being uh, a situation where my grandmother um, needed, you know, some some more support, uh, and so I actually live with her uh, right now. All right, Joe, uh, let's go. We're talking to Joe Kane. He is the Ward Three City Council candidate for the Progressives. Let's go to the phones. Caller, you're on the air. What's your question for Joe Kane? Yes. Good morning. Uh, just two questions. Number one, how much is a gallon of milk? Number two, um, what is a woman? I'll take uh, your uh, yeah, yeah, we're. We're, we're we're talking. We're trying to get to the issues in Burlington. We're, yep, we're t- sticking to issues that are that are pertinent to the Burlington City Council. Um, so, Joe, um, as you go door to door, what are you hearing is the biggest issue? What, what's on people's minds more than anything? Would you say? Uh, I'd say it's a close call between between housing and safety. So you can are you say housing affordability or lack of housing. I can I go ahead. Um, so I agree with you and, um, I would be curious when you talk about housing, you know, we've had a lot of pushback, um, um, up on the Trinity campus, uh, expansion. I know that's not in your ward. Um, we have uh, a church in Burlington that has been held up in court for quite a long time. That could be housing. Um, there is, there is an absolute reluctance on major development developers parts to take risks in Burlington because of the. There seems to be an issue with every development. I wanted you wonder if you could talk about uh, the idea that if we can increase supply in Burlington across all housing types, if we'll begin to address the housing cost crisis. Because if you look nationally, there's been some interesting data on cities with really tight zoning and a lot of appeals that are, seem to be the ones that have the housing crises. So can you talk to that a little bit? Sure. Yeah, I'm glad that the zoning is being revisited right now for the first time in a number of decades with the Neighborhood Code Project. I would like to see uh, the medium density residential everywhere throughout the city. I would like to see more aggressive zoning, but I'm glad that that conversation is happening. And I, I think that there is a sense that that, that, that 
that that might be enough, that that is, um, you know, one of the few levers we have, uh, along with, you know, regulating short-term rentals. We regulated Airbnbs a couple of years ago. There are many other levers we have, though, that people are not talking about. So, for instance, in the tax system, right, we can strengthen our vacancy ordinance, which right now is a very small fee for health and safety violations. We can have a proper vacancy tax to try to accelerate development in our downtown. We can also um, tie occupancy and income uh, to the property taxes, just like the state does uh, for the education program. We can tax land uh, more than we tax structures. So right now, you get a flat tax rate uh, between land and structures, which is a disincentive to develop, right? You add an accessory dwelling unit, you add an extension to your home, your tax bill goes up by quite a bit. So there are, there are a number of, of things we can do just within the tax system that would incentivize uh, you know, more housing development. Let's go back to the phones. Caller, you are on the morning drive with Joe Kane. What's your question? Good morning. In November, the Burlington City Council created a, uh, a fine for new development to that are connected to uh, fossil fuels like natural gas, for example. Um, what are the economic impacts of that, creating a fine for new development that uses natural gas? I think what the caller is talking about is the carbon impact fee for new development buildings over 50,000 square feet. And so if you would respond to that, but in addition, uh, Progressive City Councilor Gene Bergman actually wanted to, even though this is just now beginning to get implemented, right? Uh, Gene Bergman wanted to change it. What was He wanted to double the... Yeah, they wanted to, uh, they initially wanted to uh, change, increase the impact fee and then include buildings over 25,000 square feet. So talk about that and also talk about Gene Bergman's uh, proposal or desire to change it from what has been implemented, what's being implemented now. Uh, I, I think it's sensible. My understanding is that, um, you know, this is a, a fossil fuel infrastructure uh, regulation that applies to, to new infrastructure. And, and there was a loophole in it that that if, um, you know, the entire, um, uh, you know, um, heat source uh, is, is not being replaced, if, if it's being replaced by components that technically uh, you can skirt the regulation. So, I mean, I, I think there's good work being done to make sure that we have a sensible fossil fuel infrastructure restriction that we should have if we're going to take bold action on climate and be the progressive city that we uh, claim to be. And I, I think there are a number of other areas on climate that we should be pushing as well, including more bike lanes, greener infrastructure. I'm, I was glad to see that we were going to add a bike lane to the to the waterfront with the Main Street redesign project. Um, but, I, but Joe, you'd, you'd make those changes that Councillor Bergman is proposing uh, before seeing how the implementation works that we're, that we're doing right now? You'd, you would make those changes before we've seen how the current ones are affecting businesses, et cetera? Yeah, uh, I, I think that if you, um, you know, study, if you, if you think about the obvious implications of a policy and, 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 and put, your, put yourself in the shoes of, of, of somebody who might be impacted by it for, for two minutes as a thought exercise, and you can think about a way to avoid dealing with the regulation for a decade or two decades, um, then, yeah, we should be updating the policy. You know, we're, we're not going to get there um, through, yeah, weak incentives, through weak regulations. Um, you know, we, we have an urgent climate crisis. Uh, Scandinavian countries addressed it um, more, more aggressively starting in the 1970s with the oil crisis. They incentivized people to switch to heat pumps, um, you know, just individual incentives, and it took 50 years uh, to get to get up to about two thirds uh, heat pumps, you know we don't have the time to, for gentle individual incentives, gent, you know weak regulations that are going to very slowly uh, you know materialize over the course of decades. We have to get our regulations right 
the first time. All right, back to the phones. Caller, you're on the morning drive with Joe Kane, Ward 3 City Council candidate. Hey, always great to talk to a Burlington economist. Um, uh, the question I had is, um, as an economist, if property taxes increased at all in the city of Burlington, would you expect rents to increase as well? So um, right now, I, I think rents, uh, yeah, are, are certainly tied uh, to the costs for um, for landlords. Uh, I would support a rent stabilization measure, um, which would tie rents to inflation, um, not not very tightly, uh, mind you. I, I think we need some measure um, that uh, would be uh, inflation plus X percent profit. Um, in order to give people stability, um, people right now can't commit to building their lives in Burlington. People can't be engaged members of the community. In fact, the person who's holding the seat currently, Joe McGee, is not running for re-election partially because he's not sure he can continue to live in the ward. So certainly there are there are pass-through costs. Um, you know, this is uh, something that impacts homeowners too, who are try- who are trying to age in place. I talk to people every day. I spoke to a woman last night who was. Um, a social worker in the city for 40 years and is not sure she can continue. She feels like she's given a lot to the city, but she's not sure she can continue to even live in the modest home that she lives in uh, during her retirement. So, you know, I, I think uh, the increased pressure on um, property taxes is very concerning. And that's part of the reason I think we need to look at it. Uh, you know, we need to look at major reforms to it, including, you know, for instance, uh, moving towards more of an income component. All right, let's get some more calls in here. We've got a couple more calls online. Caller, you are on the morning drive with Joe Kane. Uh, I'm just curious how you heat your house without fossil fuel. Uh, that's a, that's a good question. I you know I think if uh, if you look at the work that Burlington Electric Department's doing, and if it's electrically um, serviced heat, that's the that's the concept through things like heat pumps and Burlington Electric is not using fossil fuels to generate its power, that would be one argument. But, Joe, maybe you can talk to the fact that there's been a lot of pushback on that because of the biomass plant down in uh, in the McNeil plant down in the interval. You want to talk about, and answer Joe, that question? Joe, hold your thought uh, and you can, we need. Every morning, Kurt and Anthony keep you in touch with your community with the Morning Drive on News Talk WVMT. Welcome back to the Morning Drive, everybody. We're continuing, Kelly and I, continue, continuing our discussion with Joe Kane. He is a progressive candidate in Ward 3 for the Burlington City Council. And Mackenzie Country Classic Hotline's open, 888 and we'll go right to it. Caller, you're on the air with Joe Kane. Good morning. Uh, I want to kind of introduce myself to a degree to Joe Kane. I am a resident of the neighborhood. I live on the corner of Ward and Drew Streets. My house is easily findable. I have uh, Joan Shannon signs in front of it. It's kind of distinctive in our neighborhood. But I, for years, have been a voter in Ward 3 and found out not too long ago that I have been gerrymandered into Ward 2. I am now a Ward 2 voter which basically means this time I don't get a chance to vote against Joe Kane. I get to vote against uh, my good friend Gene Bergman over in Ward 2, but Gene Bergman is running unimposed, so I'm, I'm kind of frustrated here. What about the changing of the ward? How did that go about? I know it's long since done, but it's just 
very frustrating to me. Thanks. Joe, you're, that's uh, a former Ward 3 resident who has now been uh, redistricted into Ward 2 and not happy about it. Uh, your thoughts on that? Well, gerrymanders are a democratic process issue, and democratic process issues are actually top of mind for me. I think counselors need to be paid more money so we can have a representative council. I also think we need public campaign finance. It wouldn't be very expensive. How much would you pay counselors? Well, I would start by doubling it immediately, um, which I think other cities in Vermont have done. And, and, you know, right now we have folks from the leisure class. We have, you know, lawyers, uh, real estate agents, wealthy retired folks who – you know, can serve in this position, right? And a lot of our community, our mostly renter community, our, our, our busy working community has no opportunity to do this also from a campaign finance perspective. In some cities, you get a bunch of small donations, like in Portland, Maine, $55 donations. So you show you have broad community support, 250 bucks, and then you unlock $4,000 in public funds to run for office, which makes it more available without, um, you know, being a well-connected person who's going to, uh, you know, uh, sell out to to uh, various wealthy interests that have an outsized influence in our political process. Gotcha. We're running short of time. I want to get one more call in. Caller, you're on the morning drive with Joe Kane. What's your question? Yes. Good morning. A couple of questions. Well, a couple of things I missed. I missed your age, Mr. Kane, and that I understand you're living with your mother. And do you own any property? Are you renting or buying, or are you, is your mom paying all of that? And uh, that's all I need to know. I am 31 years old, and I live with my grandmother. Um, and, yeah, I, I'm not technically the, the owner of the property. And, Joe, uh, give a quick answer to the one Kelly was talking with you about at the end of the... Well, I, yeah, I think also I think it would be interesting to know if we do if you're talking about tax decreases like uh, abating the first seventy five to 300000 of assessed value for practices, how would we pay for that? So yeah, that's that's a uh, something I'd really like to talk about. Right now, um, a two million dollar house will tend to have a one point two, one point three million dollar assessment, sixty seventy percent of market value. A four hundred thousand dollar house, um, like we have in a lot of in Ward Three, will tend to be assessed at full market value. We have what is referred to as a price sales ratio gap. Go go watch the Board of Finance presentation from January eighth if you haven't seen it already. Joe Minikazi from Urban Three who who brings this up. We're we're seeing the case where we're supposed to have a flat property tax system, but actually wealthier folks are paying at a lower rate. And so we can address that by, in a, in a neutral, in a revenue neutral manner, abating the first $100,000 of property value, for instance, which would make a big percentage difference for a $400,000 house versus a $2 million house. All right, Joe, we've, we've got to, we're almost out of time. We've got to, we haven't even touched on public safety, hmm. the biggest issue really in Burlington right now. Uh, I want to ask you two direct questions. Um, 2020, the city council passed. It was a progressive-led initiative, but supported by a couple of Democrats. Uh, a resolution that, in essence, ended up reducing our police force by about 40%. Did you Do you think that was a good idea? If, if a problem arose again, would you support something that would decrease the police force? And do you support uh, Chief Mayor continuing as, as the police chief? Um, I support uh, building out new capacity uh, before taking away, before potentially taking away existing capacity. So in, in that case, we needed to build up, right, mental health, uh, you know, substance use response unit, um, you know, folks with different backgrounds who are, who are doing different incident response. Um, and so, yeah, I think it would have been appropriate to build out new capacity before moving old capacity. So the progressives at the time and the two Democrats, three Democrats, made a mistake back in 2020. 
Well, I, I'm not sure I would call it a, a yeah, okay. I would say I would call it a mistake. What what I would call a mistake is is not looking for for new revenue streams. So we we have a new revenue stream from the short-term rentals, right? We're bringing in almost a million dollars a year to the housing trust fund. There are a number of other areas where we could bring in new revenue streams to, without cutting expenses. So I would generally speaking not not favor um, you know, uh, cutting ex- city expenses. I, I would favor expanding revenues as as a first option. Do you support Chief Mirad staying on as chief? I have significant concerns about about his ability uh, to to lead the department in, in in a way that is going to to modernize um, the department in the way that that is going to build trust with the community. He is widely supported. He's brought a lot of people feel he's brought stability to the police department. The men and women seem very supportive. Do you think it's a good time to reduce the stability just after he became appointed? Maybe just last year or so. I'll say that I, I I read his chief's reports. I I I, I know all the data. I uh, look at what other chiefs around the state are saying. I take this issue very seriously. I, I don't, um, you know, uh, casually, um, you know, dislike people because of party or ideological differences. And that I would um, approach anything with an open mind, thoughtfully, and and using the data and 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 sitting, being willing to sit down and talk to folks like him. And lastly, how would you? Uh, as city councilor, would you? Um, what do you think about homeless encampments being in different places around the city, which in violation of city ordinance? What would you do about that? It's a very tricky problem. I mean, right now we're, we're you know, moving people around, and and it's it's not a sustainable thing. We're, we put some folks in this Elmwood shelter, but uh, we are not moving people through the shelter in a way that's going to actually get the 200 homeless people through the shelter and into permanent housing. So we have real issues. Um, you know, perhaps we could designate someplace for some period of time where folks, you know, could have an encampment. So I think the South End Invasion District area would have been a sensible location potentially for that because there's a clear expiration date because, you know, you once mean you, Sears Lane. Yeah. Yeah. For instance, like, I, I think that was a mistake because, you know, now we have right. Um, and, and folks in our ward tell me this. I knock doors on Sh- South Champlain Street on, in, in the area uh, where the, you know, the homelessness issue is is most obvious. And these people are frustrated. Sh- with the Sears Lane closure, yeah. and so I think something, you know, whether it's in the Intervale, wherever. So just to be clear, and then we we have to go, so it's got to be. Uh, you would have you would have you would have left the Sears Lane encampment up. Um, I don't think I know enough about that particular case to say that for a fact. But what I would support is like if we're going to be just pushing people around uh, to different places, right? Like uh, having maybe some place where it's acceptable um, okay. in order to be able to. Just have some right. sensibility in the in the process. Got it. We've got to hit the top of the hour break. Joe Kane, Ward Three City Council candidate as a progressive. Thanks for being on the morning drive today, and good luck next Tuesday. Thanks for having me. Thank you.